So, you guys, I stopped with the, the prayer series, and I decided to do John 15. So, switch it up a little bit. And there wasn't a full big reason behind it why I wanted to go to this. This kind of just um, was on my heart. And I think it was Galatians 5 popped in my head, which was the fruit of the Spirit. So, when I was thinking about the fruit of the, the Spirit and kind of talking on it, um, I remembered this scripture about Jesus talking about him being the grapevine and God being the gardener and then us being the branches. And so I kind of wanted to pull that apart and break that down for you. So um, I think what it, I, I titled it being pruned to bear good fruit, to bear good fruit. I didn't even know my title. You guys had the title in front of you, in front of you. I didn't. So I knew I had given it a title though. So talking about what it means to bear fruit. So I'm gonna uh, read the scripture, which is John 15, two through eight, and then I am breaking down three aspects of the scripture, which I um, gave you guys the point. So what I wanna talk about, I'm gonna talk about the vine, which is Jesus Christ, the vine dresser being God, which is the, farm, is the farmer. And then I wanna talk about the branches, which is us that bears the fruit. So those are the three things I'm gonna go into in this scripture. So I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'm going to break down those parts next to him, okay? I am the, now this is Jesus speaking, and also what's the behind this is this is bef right before his crucifixion, and he was going to be leaving his disciples. So this is him speaking to the disciples before he's leaving, so he's, he's comforting them before he leaves. I am the true grapevine, and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a use, useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So I looked at this scripture, and I've read this scripture so, so many times over and over again, but I never have really broke it down and like studied it. For, for what it is. And so here are the three parts I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about what it is to be connected to the vine. So the vine is represented as Jesus Christ. And then he talks about the vine dresser, which is the Father. So here's another, also another thing that we need to look at. We need to understand that the Trinity is, you know, God, but it is in three persons. So we need to know that there are different attributes, characteristics of these three persons. And so in here, he's talking about God is the farmer of the lands or of the vineyard, and Jesus is a vine. So describing Jesus as a, as a vine in verses four through five, for a branch cannot produce fruit. Well, Jesus is talking of himself and describing himself as a vine. For if a branch cannot produce fruit, it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do anything. So what, it is, what is it to remain in Jesus? 
in knowing that there's a difference from like abiding in Christ. And if you think about it, he was actually talking to the disciples. So the disciples knew him. He is talking to him face to face. So they already have a relationship with him. So when he says, you abide in me, they're understanding that because they know him personally. So when you hear Jesus say, and you hear all these scriptures about in him, what it is to abide in Christ. If you don't understand the person of Jesus and who he is, it is impossible to abide in him. If you're not connected to Jesus as as the, the man who walked on the earth, the divine nature of God himself, and who he was, the life he lived, the characteristics of Jesus, the pain, the torture, what he went through at the cross, what he bore at the cross, what came out of him being sacrificed, which would be your right standing. If you don't separate that as being as, as his, own, um, his own person and you separate that from God as your father, then you're not able to abide in him. Does that make sense? Like we need to know the person of Jesus. And so there's more that comes out of understanding the person of Jesus. And me just studying this out, it want, makes me want to go back into all these um, sermons that he did before he left the disciples, because I believe that's going to get more into knowing the life he lived, the things he said before he left. The Gospels is the biggest place you're going to learn about who Jesus was, the life that he lived on earth, the things that he spoke about, the character of him, and understanding that there's different characteristics. So quickly to the trinity just for a minute because this is something that i maybe do next week or something going into it more understanding that the difference is the three persons that make up who god is right you have the father who creates you have the son which is jesus who redeems and then you have the holy spirit who sanctifies and you can find many different um places in scripture where they talk about those attributes of the trinity so you hear the holy spirit spoken about as a comforter Um, Or you hear about Jesus spoken about as an advocate. And the main thing you're always hearing about God is God the Father. God is who created. God is who sent his son. Jesus was fulfilling the will of the Father. But there is no difference in them all making up the divine nature of God himself. And the Trinity is actually one of the most mysterious things in scripture. And why is that? Because we cannot fully understand how it is possible, how it is possible that God himself is in three persons. And I won't even try to explain it. It just isn't something we can fully comprehend. Many people who try to combat it and where cults come out of um, and try to say things, you know, that Jesus is not God and stuff like that. Um, But it's because we, our human minds can't wrap around it. And so I'm not even going to try to break it down fully to fully understand it. All I know is that scripture says that he is three persons. So there's three things that I need to know about God. There's three, um, you know, persons that I need to understand characteristics and ways that they are. So in this way that Jesus is talking about, he's describing himself as the vine. Now, part of the vine in a vineyard that has branches come off of it, not only is the vine used to strengthen, but it also is used that sap flows through it to the branches. So if you understand it's saying that the vine is kind of the foundation, is the foundation to the branches that come off of it and understanding that it's being, he's being represented that way. <clears throat> so let's talk about abiding in Christ. One of the ways and the things that, and we t- we've talked about this as we talked about hearing from the Holy Spirit, what are ways to abide in Christ? Well, like I said, it's understanding and knowing the, Christ, the, the life that Jesus lives so you know him as the person, as who he was. Because once you understand 
Jesus and who he was as man on earth, what he went through, intimacy is created. Not only intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the Father and understanding a distinction. That's why when I talked about, you know, how we pray and you're praying through Jesus' name, if you're not abiding in Jesus and understanding who Jesus is, then when you're going in prayer, you're just saying, I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. It is absolutely meaning nothing to your heart. It is nothing. It is not taking root. It is not getting grounded. And, you know, we're not the disciples who walked with him, but we have it a whole lot better because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that teaches us. And that is our comforter. So if you're going into scripture and you're wanting to know more about Jesus and you ask God or the Holy Spirit to enlighten you when you're reading and you're going into the Gospels and you're wanting revelation of some things. There's no way that we can get revelation. Can't do these things unless you try. And the fact that you guys choose even on one of your days to be here and some of you going twice a week, you're wanting it. You're wanting to know more about God. So he, you know, and this is what we have to do. We have to put ourselves in a position to get more. And I have to put myself in a position to study this out, to deliver it to you. But what I always hope it does is trigger you to want to get it yourself and to be able to go into scripture yourself and find it yourself and ask God to give you revelation when you study this out. So understanding that abiding in him is also abiding in the, in Christ's merit of our, our, like our right standing, what Christ purchased for us. So abiding in him is also abiding in the spiritual, um, you know, blessings that we inherited. And so when I talked about the prayer that Paul says about praying about your um, spiritual inheritance, understanding and knowing your spiritual inheritance, part of that is understanding and abiding in Jesus, knowing what he went through, what was the sacrifice that got you the spiritual inheritance. And one of the biggest one is always going to be your right standing. So the position that you have in the spirit realm is part of your um, abiding in Jesus. How? Because you abide through a reflection of Jesus Christ in prayer, knowing that when God looks at you and you're in prayer, he sees Jesus. And what is that? Being in him. So abiding in him. And so in all the scripture that Paul is always saying, in him, in him, it's the same thing that's saying here what it is to abide in Jesus. Um, other ways to abide in Christ is going to be prayer, knowing the word of God and meditation and intimacy, creating an intimacy with Jesus. <clears throat> I want to talk about types of vines in our, in our own lives. So here's where Jesus is saying that I want to be your vine to you are to abide in me in order to be strong, in order to produce fruit, that I am the root to all of it. And if you look in your own lives, and we're going to talk about this more in the meditation time, types of vines in our own lives, and I want to just mention these quickly. How are you going to find what a vine is in your own life? What is a foundation and area that gives you value or gives you strength? Whether it's money, it's um, you know possessions, it's a relationship, so a man. A man in your life that makes you feel good about yourself and gives you value and you find yourself in that is like severe codependency and we don't even know we do it where we completely rely on that person they are your vine so they are the strength behind you and if they pull out you about cripple and break down and can't handle it and can't live without it um, identifying it could be your personal skills so a skill set something that you're good at a gifting that you have popularity so your image church can be your vine or, um, you know, how you're seen at church, maybe ministry, um, a religious system. Like, what is it in your life that you feel is an area that's kind of your backup? Does that make sense? Um, and the reason I want to bring that up is because we all have them 
and no matter what, and I don't care, you know, how like holy we are or anything, I have them. We all have an area in our life that is, you know, we're not abiding in Jesus and we're not living out of who he is. So now I want to go to the, I want to talk about now what, what is the vine dresser. So, well, it's not described as a vine dresser in the scripture, but it's the farmer, it's the pruner. So we see Jesus is a vine. So Jesus is the strength to you, who you are, what you live out of, and we're going to get in more to what the fruit is and talk about that. I want to, first, I'm trying to break down the, the positions of the scripture and who's, who's the people behind it, basically. So let's talk about the vine dresser. So here you have, it's being described as it's God. God the Father is the one who's the pruner, the one that trains, the one that cultivates, the one that's coming into the vineyard and is doing all the things um, on the branches, okay? So this is verses one and two. And Jesus is saying, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I give you. So what I wanna talk about is the pruning process, the cutting off and the pruning. This is the most exciting part for me. I don't know why. This is like the main meat of this that I wanted to talk about, what it is to be pruned. So let's talk about the two different things. He talks about cutting off. So cutting off in, um, talks about it there, but he also talks about it in verse 6. So anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. So the cutting off can be anything that's hindering you. Now the branch is a person. So in here, he's referring to cutting it completely off. This can be friends in your life. This can be somebody in your life that is hindering you from bearing fruit. Now, what does an extra branch do that is not bearing fruit? It takes away sap from the other branches that are bearing fruit. So why would that be a reason to take it off? So if it's pulling sap away from the other branches that are bearing fruit, what's that going to do? It's going to hinder that branch from bearing fruit. So you have to understand there's going to be things in your life where God is going to completely remove someone out of your life and remove them out of your life. And it might be painful when people go through times where they start coming to Christ and all of a sudden realize that they have to give up all their friends, all their Christian friends. And God takes them in a position. And I want to tell you there's a pruning process to that where something is cut off and the person is cut off of your life because that person is hindering the fruit that is supposed to be growing out of that branch because of the sap supply going to the branch. So two things are talked about. He talks about cutting it off, so removing things. And when I was reading about this, it was described as Judas friends. So Judas in when Jesus, you know, seemed like a Christian, seemed like all good in that and completely betrayed Jesus. And so, and I don't know if I was reading a sermon or what it was, but it said, you know, sometimes you're going to go through where Judas friends are removed out of your life. Um, and then let's talk about pruning. So pruning here is a little bit different. So that's not just a straight cutting off. So you have the pruning where God is going to be going around and edging things off. Let's talk about pruning in season. So one thing about vines is that um, there is said to be like the first three years, this vine has to get strong enough in order to be pruned and bear fruit type of a thing. I know in my own life, although I had been through a lot of pain and trauma, there was a period in my life where I definitely sensed God almost doing a, you know, really 
just blowing up my life with a, just amazing, amazing, just intimacy with him. And I can tell you that was a time in my life where there wasn't a ton of painful pruning. My whole life has had pruning processes and a lot of pain in it, but there was a different time in that season. And that was because I didn't fully understand the love of God. And so he came in, he wanted to establish that. We have to understand that we're rooted and established in love. Like it says in Ephesians, um, in Ephesians 3.18, he talks about being rooted and established in love. So he got me to be more rooted. I became more rooted and established in his love. And then what comes in? The, 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 the scissors and the, and the knife and the pruning starts happening. And don't get me wrong. I was pruned through all of that. But a tougher pruning came. A tougher pruning came once I became stronger. And it talks about in James about being refined through your faith, being refined through fire. There's two different ways fires are talked about in this, where the branches are thrown into fire representing hell. But we're also talked about in fire and James is talked about as a refining. Too many times when we go through a refining, we stay in the fire and we never get refined out of the fire. Pruning should always be a refining through. You talk about the word of God is represented as a sword of the spirit. You also have to see part of pruning is going to be used through the word. Now, a lot of the ways that God came in and broke things off of me was me positioning myself, choosing to go to Bible school, even though I was still addicted to drugs, still messed up. I, he wasn't like, get yourself straight, and then you can go, take a, go out into this, and I'll train you for ministry. No, he said, like, you're just going to go do it, even though you are a mess. And when I was in that, in a position of hearing scripture spoken over me, being preached at me, what happened? A pruning was happening. There was something, stuff breaking off of me. Pruning isn't always going to be painful. But the thing is, is that if we don't allow the pruning to get done, you know, God could come in and edge you out and you don't want to allow it. Then guess what? Sometimes it comes out a little bit harder and it hurts a little bit more because it takes more time to shake you up to get you through to something. Um, when I talked about being shaken and what it means to shake until there's nothing left in you that can shake, that scripture in Hebrews, I talked about this, I think it rejuvenate, a few weeks ago. Um, it remind, I talked about how I went six years of literally a shaking in my life about money and finances. And the shaking got more and more painful. And the whole time it was happening, I still knew that that's what was happening. But yet I still wasn't changing my mindset and the way I was responding to it. So the shaking got a little bit more harder, more harder. Until now that I was tested with this just this past week and I passed it. Mm -hmm. I just want to say I went into work and I should have been, this is when I would walk in pissed off. This is not right. And blah, blah, blah. I walked in. I had a good attitude. I had no issues. I didn't confront anybody. And I was the number one confronter. I was always telling you what I thought. I didn't. I was like, I did it. Six years gone. I did not break under the stress about it, th these things. So also when it comes to pruning, sometimes you, you get it, you get good, and God just, well, let's just see. <laughs> you know, a little tickle there. Let's see if it's still, if you still respond right to it. You know, and so seeing the process of pruning and in scripture that the word of God is referred to as a sword. I kind of like to think of that. That sword is sometimes what is going to be, you know, pruning us. And, um, you know, it's sharper than any, the, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword um, defining or um, dividing soul and spirit. So getting, understanding that it is being described as that, which is also a weapon, but it also could be used to prune. Does that make sense? You know, and then if, if we allow him to do it in his way, in his timing and not run from it, 
that pruning won't get harder. But there's many times, and I'm not one to sit there and say, well, when bad stuff happens, that's because God's need. And I, you hear that so much. And that was what stuff I heard when I was, you know, the whole, my whole life being raised up. And what that took me to a place was believing that my sister died because I was a drug addict. I truly, fully believe that. So when she, after she died, I was like, well, it's because it was because something I did and I couldn't live up to what, you know, God had called me to do. And I did all these drugs. So when I was praying, he just wasn't listening to my prayer. So this is why, you know, she died. And then you look at, you know, what I went through next. Well, this is because of that. So I'm not here telling you that every bad thing that happened is because God's trying to get a hold of you. But we have to see that even when there's something that happens in our lives that does produce suffering, that we can allow that suffering to produce fruit. Every suffering that we go to go through, doesn't matter where it comes from, the reason that it's in our lives, it can produce fruit. But we can choose to not allow it to produce fruit. Um, I had... A good scripture for that, and I just forgot it. Oh, wait, I do. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So we should always have an expectation of a good thing coming out of something that we're going through. And allow it to be an area that produces something good in our lives. And if we look at seasons, and I was talking about that, there's seasons that a vine produces fruit. All I know is that I've never had seasons of pruning. I'm always dealing with stuff. <laughs> there's no seasons of the pruning. But I'm going to say there's seasons of the fruit produced from the pruning. Does that make sense? Like, I am always, if I get through one thing, okay, there's a new test literally the next week. I mean, there's not even, like, like a break for, like, a few days. There's, it's one thing after another. And that's the process that we go through. But it's also... Um, you know, God wanting to heal me because the part of the pruning isn't to make some example out of me. It's not to make me this and that. It's also healing process. The pruning process should also be healing. Mm -hmm. Sanctifying should also be healing. It should not be these only these Bible words. It should be part of it is healing. Um, and that we should always have an expectation to, for the good to come out of it. So talking about seasons as vines produce fruit in certain seasons, I don't know if it was January, it was like December, January, whatever, whatever I was reading about this today, that the fruit was coming off the vine. So I know, and I have experienced in my own life that there's seasons of that. And then when I finally get to see the fruit, like what I experienced this week, that was helped me with stress. I would just stress out for like six years when it would happen. It would turn my world upside down. I'd get mad at God and I couldn't sleep when I would stress mm -hmm. about, you know, what was happening or finances or doing this and changing this in my life to where, oh my gosh, that I finally was able to abide in Jesus, abide in his truth and trust him. So part of the abiding process too is trusting Jesus, like getting to a place of like fully in, in relationship with him that you know him. If you know him, you can trust him. The thing that keeps us out of a place of trust and out of a place of, of, you know, certain fruits of the Spirit is not knowing Jesus, not knowing who he is. And, um, you know, it, I, if I fully knew Jesus, knew the love of God, then when stuff got shaken up financially for me, it should never shaken me. So no matter what, there was something missing. There is something missing. There always is. There's always something. We're always having to learn. We're always having to do. But now I know that I'm strengthened in that area. And so that is the fruit produced from the pruning. Okay. Let's talk about, well, I did already talk about bearing fruit, but let's talk about the types of fruit. 
I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians 5, 19 and 23. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law like these things. I mean, just breaking down the fruit of the Spirit could be multiple, multiple, um, you know, things to speak on. So I'm clearly not doing that whole thing. The one thing I do want to bring out is you see that the first one that he talks about is love. The first fruit. Why do I think he talks about the first fruit of being love? Everything is you're rooted and established in the love of God. Everything we come that comes out of our lives is through the love of God. To know the character of God is to know his love. Too many times we allow the sufferings of our life to find the character of God. And I think that's pretty impossible not to. I really think that because we go through things, we automatically go to a place of defining who God is through those sufferings. But when you're rooted and you're grounded in love, you're going to see the rest of these fruit come out of it. Jesus continues to talk in John 15 um, about you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And he talks about going into like what it is to love. Some things you're going to find in the fruit of the Spirit, it's not just that all Sunday's fruit, you know, come up because you went through this and come, come through that. The fruit of the Spirit takes action. It's about us doing something. Part of the, the pruning is actually just taking action and stepping out and doing these things in your life. And that's going to be the pruning because it's painful. That's why I don't pray for patience. I don't pray for patience because I am struggle with patience and I know I'll lose my mind. Anytime I pray for patience, it always ends up I get stuck behind the slowest cars driving. And I have like psycho road rage problems. If you guys got my car, you guys would be like, oh my gosh, this chick. Like, I'd freak you guys out. It's, like, a problem I have. Like, I'm a screamer. I kind of lose it. Um, it's luckily I'm driving alone most of the time. I mean, I've even been caught, like, praying out loud and then screaming at somebody in the middle of my prayer for cutting me off. Like, I've done that a couple times. I'm not proud of this. I'm being honest with you guys. This is an area for me. So I always know that when I would pray for him to help me with my road rage, or patience, I would get stuck behind the stupidest people, the worst people, and then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, but it's, that's what happens. That's part of the fruit of the spirit is like, and I've talked myself down at times. Thank you, Sarah. You're so patient. Oh, you can just, you're so good. I have to like talk to myself in those situations. And that's like the painful thing. But those are all of these, like all of these talking about, you know, kindness, talking about, um, you know, where he says to love uh, your enemy, do good for your enemy. Talk about a pruning. Talk about a pruning. Talk about a painful thing to step out and have to do something loving to somebody you can't stand somebody you despise and having to do that. That is part of a pruning. That is part that is so painful that you have something change in you that fruit comes from doing it. So we have to look at the fruit of the Spirit and not this expectation. Well, I have the Holy Spirit in me, then I should have all these things. And then what do we do? We blame God because we don't have joy or we don't have peace. We don't have things. Some of that stuff is a fruit of an action that we take in an area that he may be trying to get you, to twist you, make you identify and prune you in. Um, 
Let's fruit versus gifts. The difference between gifts is gifts are given. Gifts is something God gives you. And um, I mean, there are things that, you know, if you know you have a gifting or maybe you don't, you have giftings and you're unaware of them, um, asking God to reveal those giftings. That is, it's like a present. Your giftings is something God gives you and they do have to be refined and tuned. You know, if, uh, you know, if talking is my gifting, well, I have to do it a lot to make it, it's not just, oh, it's just given to me and it's just, you know, so that, that's giftings. Get uh, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, those are, de it's developed. So that is not something that you, it's a gift and you just, this is what you get. No, this is something in your life that's developed. It grows. It comes in seed form, which is through Jesus dying on the cross and leaving the Holy Spirit to us and giving him to us as a comforter. Um, and the gifts that come through the seed form of what we received. So understanding that there's something that grow and that um, can be produced in our lives, but it's a process and understanding that there's a process to seeing these things um, happen in our lives and if anything can come of just this week's um, helping us identify that process and being more open to that process being more open to allowing anything in our lives and what it is and whether God is triggering you on something and has been trying to prune or he is pruning or you're in an area of a shaking or you're in an area of that and having our eyes open to what that is or um, if he's wanting you to be open to some areas in your life that he wants to prune, instead of us going in circles around and around and around in our lives, doing the same thing over again, why not allow God to do something in a time that may be a little painful in order to live more free, in order to live with more joy, in order to live with more hope. Um, and that's the one thing I guess I've learned through this whole process that God continues to take me in is that I am a lot more freer through the stuff he takes me in than where I used to be in when I was stuck in all my crap and I wasn't open to what God wanted to do. It's um, realizing that there's so much more freedom, there's so much more joy on the other side. An example is the release of my testimony. If you want to talk about the most painful pruning that's mm -hmm. going to be, I am anticipating that like nobody's business. It's a release of a video of me talking and exposing myself that's going to go out for anybody to see. And I'm already anticipating the pain and the fear of that. And God's already shown me like, it's gonna be painful. You're probably gonna cry and you're gonna freak out and feel embarrassed and deal with all that. But the other side of it, you're gonna have so much freedom and you're gonna let go of so much insecurity, so much fear of rejection. The other side is gonna be so worth it. So I have to step into that, knowing it's gonna be painful, knowing it's gonna be embarrassing, knowing it's gonna be all those things on the inside, but that's also me. That's not who God created me to be. That's not the image of Christ on the inside of me. That's the pain of the stuff that I've been through reflecting off of me. And so as he is going to put me in this position to be exposed and remove some of that stuff off of me, it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be easy. But I know that I'm going to come to another side of a lot more freedom, another step in the freedom that I've already stepped into. And so this is what I want this to challenge us in our lives and what we're going to look at on this paper is what is areas in your life that God is trying to uh, refine, prune, um, and what are vines that are you are right now connected to and how um, we are to be connected and abiding in Jesus. So I want to just close in prayer before we go into this.